0: You listen to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad, and there's a lot of discussion happening at the moment uh, in Ireland. And when I say in Ireland, I'm talking about within the island of Ireland, about Ireland's future. To the extent we had a, a conversation here a uh, short while ago with uh, Francis Black and Andrew Clark and James Maloney, just prior to the event that happened in Dublin, Ireland's Future, uh, on the 1st of October. And as a follow on to that, that was not just an event. It was an event, but not just an event. It was as a result of a series of events, so there's a process. And the conversation didn't stop on the 1st of October. In fact, what the 1st of October did, in many ways, was it uh, brought the conversation to the forefront, where for for probably the last two or three years, there have been discussions going on around Ireland and over in the US and other places. And it's brought to light... The challenges that now are confronting Ireland as a result of Brexit and the implications of Brexit and the change in dynamics that have been happening within the island of Ireland. And the recent poll or the recent uh, census data that came out from the north of Ireland indicating that for the first time, uh, the population of Catholics exceeds that of Protestants and now Sinn Féin is the largest party in the Northern Ireland Assembly. That's a long introduction and the reason I wanted to put it in context was because the discussion relative to Ireland's future is also coming to Canada and John Finucane who's a member of parliament and uh, is going to come and spend uh, probably a week, he'll be in Toronto, Kingston and Ottawa discussing the topics I've just raised. John, first of all, Thanks a million for taking the time. I know you have a busy schedule. It's a real honour to meet you. It's a real honour to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Austin. Thank you.
0: I hope I set the stage reasonably well for what we're going to talk about. Yeah,
1: I, 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 Ireland is very living through uh, uh, change times and times that will continue to change. You referenced the Ireland's Future event in the Three Arena in in Dublin. And the event itself, I I think, was hugely impressive. That that over 5,000 people um, paid £10, 10 euros, to to come along and listen to a series of discussions um, talking about the need to plan for change that many expect is coming, uh, I I think was responsible. I I think the discourse around constitutional change on the island of Ireland has been very inclusive. It it, it respects the diversity of opinions. It respects the reality that there is no predetermined, preordained model that will be imposed on anybody. And it really is a, a conversation that I think people should be part of because it is important that we come together to shape the future of the island where we will all be living. And and you have referenced Brexit as well in, in your opening. And I think it's it's a fair analysis and one that would be accepted to say that the conversation around constitutional change has never been as prominent or to the fore as it is now. And I think that we can trace that back to the disaster that that, that is Brexit and um, in the north of, of the island, uh, the majority of people did not vote for it. Uh, on the rest of the island, they, they weren't able to vote for it. Um, but yet, Ireland has very much been collateral damage in, in what is a very English nationalistic project. So there are those who respect and cherish their European identity and feel and feel robbed in a way that, that has been taken away from them in a very uh, undemocratic fashion. And we then look to the Good Friday Agreement, which, which presents the path as to how we can achieve constitutional change on this island. And I think even those who are, um, very strong opponents of constitutional change would recognize that, that the question will, will be asked at some stage, uh, north and south as to whether they wish to maintain the union with Britain or whether they wish to, uh, form a new Ireland and in advance of that, I would say we must learn from the mistakes of Brexit. We, we must plan, we must present a vision, uh, because what we need to do is manage change on the island and and do so in a way that allows us to realise the potential that we have to, to create a new world-class health system, to not have two tourist bodies on the one island, not to have unnecessary duplication Um to, I think, take a model of an island with, you know, around six million people and and, and I think build something that is truly a place uh, for all of us who, who call it home.
0: John, one of the things Jimmy Nesbitt said, and he made a powerful contribution at the Ireland's Future event, was that it was time in some ways that this conversation needed to come from the ground up. That in many ways, the politicians need to stand back and allow this change be driven and be people driven rather as, and when you mention constitutional change constitutional of its nature is very political and has to come at as the pinnacle of a process but given what jimmy nesbitt said about the need for people to engage how do you view that that is happening
1: uh, i i I agree that, that Jimmy Nesbitt's contribution was was excellent. Uh, he he was the keynote speaker uh, on a day that had um, politicians from I think ten political parties, uh, five party political leaders. There were also contributions from cultural, civic, business life, um, from academia, um, media, journalism. Uh, but but I think Jimmy Nesbitt's contribution was excellent, and it left I I think those who were leaving the three arena that day with much to think about. I I, I would say I would say that the conversation I think really is being driven um, from the ground up already. We in, in Sinn Fein would say that that uh, and we have consistently called for a citizens assembly. Um, and we have called upon the Irish government to do that on many occasions. And I think that reflects the fact that citizens must own this. Um there there is a place for politicians and political parties, uh, I, I would say, but but it's not a space that should be dominated by political parties. It is a space that, that does need to hear from the people. So I would endorse what Jimmy Nesbitt so eloquently said on on the stage in Dublin, and I would say that that it is already taken place. Um Ireland's future itself is an organization that came together very organically um in the aftermath of the Brexit referendum in two thousand and sixteen. There are many other areas of life, such as academia, um, that that are carrying out research in respect of different areas around what unification would look like, what a new Ireland would look like. And I think it, it, it is It is now a challenge, and a challenge that I would say falls upon the Irish government to essentially weave that together, to take ownership of this conversation and do so in a way which is inclusive of public opinion, which is inclusive of the um, orange halls and town halls and GA clubs that Jimmy Nesbitt spoke about, uh, because I think that will not only inform uh those who are part of the conversation but i think it enriches it uh, in a way which is very beneficial for for what it is that we are trying to achieve
0: john you know things the change is going to be so radical and has to be so radical that do you believe it is possible for example to start with a clean sheet literally and say There's no such thing as a political party at the moment. We have to start from the ground up. And that what we look at in the future is so totally different than what we are presented with today that it's nearly beyond comprehension. In
1: in respect of of a new constitutional future?
0: Yeah, I mean that, you know, the current structure is such that the political parties in the south of Ireland evolved out of 19... 16 1922 yeah. the political parties in the north evolved out of 1916 1922 and yes mm. there was history before that but if it's clean sheet political parties as they are today in many ways their raison d'etre is, 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 has changed to such degree. Is it a degree is it a case that there needs to be a whole new political structure
1: I, I I wouldn't say so. Uh, I I think political parties will still will still have their place and will still have a, a mandate that needs to be represented. Um, you know, I'm I'm an Irish Republican. Um, by its very definition, that means that that I want to see my country um, reunited and I want to see that in a way that creates a a a, a truly equitable uh, society in which everybody is. Is free and, and respecting to, to live in. Um, that doesn't mean to say that, that my job essentially stops once that is achieved. You know, it, it, it would be incumbent on all public representatives to continue that work. And of course, we also have the Good Friday Agreement, which, you know, I think the structures, uh, and the core of that will, will obviously continue. Uh, it's important that for those who are unionist, for those who are British, that, that that, that sense and that identity is Protected and indeed respected, um, subject and, and, and past any constitutional change, just the way that, that, that I would expect my Irishness to be respected and protected, uh, in the current arrangements as it is. So, you know, I, I think it's another example as to why we need to advance this conversation. People, I think, have a very strong appetite for it. Um, there are those who are for it. There are those who are yet to make up their mind. But but what we shouldn't fear, in fact, what I would say is that what we should be actively encouraging is to inform and resource the debate and the conversation much much more. And that's why we we have consistently called for a citizens assembly because in in Ireland in recent times there are some very good examples as to how the citizens assembly mechanism has informed and prepared the way for significant changes in our society.
0: I suppose, John, where I'm coming from, in a way, is I remember back in the 80s, the progressive Democrats were formed in the Republic of Ireland. And it was kind of to say we need to get the civil war politics out of the way and get get behind us. And in the north, yet the Alliance Party was established and in a way. It was kind of saying we need to have a middle ground. What I'm kind of saying in a way is, uh, if should there be a successful referendum that says we now have a 32-county state? The reason for what was Fianna fail which was the treaty, the reason what was the various other political parties is removed and when I say you see that there may be a, a totally different political structure I'm saying in a way you get all those political overtones out of the way you can get actually down to the business of governing for economic growth for the very things you're talking about so as that when the old hatchets can be buried um, do you see that what were the divisions of the past can potentially lead to Coalitions; they're ultimately come the joining of the future.
1: Yeah, and I think we've started to see that a little bit with the uh, with the current coalition uh, in the Irish government. I think some people have have speculated as to um, where unionism could find a natural political ally and partner uh, from parties in the south in, a, in any potential hypothetical future future structures. Um, but but for me, it's it's key from our point of view in Sinn Féin, we 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 are strongly advocating that that there needs to be um, an acceptance that this debate is, if anything, gathering pace. That we are living in times where there are indicators all around us, um, and that, that that the country has has moved on. Um, for example, even my own state that I won in, in 2019, it was the first time in the history of, of the the state of the jurisdiction that it was held by a non-unionist. Um, in that election, it was the first time that unionism was returned to Westminster in a minority uh, from the from the 18 seats in, in the north. Um, unionism has lost its majority at Stormont, uh, and just as recently as May, for the first time, a nationalist, the a Republican, um a, a, a woman, Michelle O'Neill, was returned as um, first minister designate, and um, as designate, obviously because we still uh, have an absence of, of um, an executive at this stage. So th- there are multiple indicators that would say that we should be planning, uh, that we should be preparing, that w- we should recognise that the, deb- the debate is underway, and we need to inform that we need we need all of the levers that only government has its hands on. To be to be activated to responsibly bring this to the next stage in advance of a of a British Secretary of State um, recognizing that a a question needs to be put to the people North and South. Um,
0: I mentioned that the first of October was not the end of the discussion. I noted you were at Queen's University on October twenty first. You were there twenty first, uh, so that that um, in many ways that's something I would not have associated with Queen's University or the Queen's University of the past, that um, a politician from Sinn Féin would have been talking about Irish unity, Brexit and the Good Friday Agreement. Is that in itself an indication of some of the progress that has been made?
1: I, I think it is. Uh, it, it's reflective of a city that that, that is very different, uh, even to the city that I, that I grew up in, uh, and I'm very grateful for that. Um I'm having this interview and conversation with you now from Westminster, uh, and, and we have had conversations here um, with colleagues from the SDLP, the Alliance Party, uh, Finnegan the Scottish National Party, where we have discussed uh, about the the potential that the future has for the people uh, on the island of Ireland, the the necessity to recognise and plan for that. Um, So I think the fact that these conversations are taking place in all aspects of life in in Ireland, uh, they are taking place in London, they're taking place in America, and and they're taking place in Canada as well. And and one thing that that was of huge benefit uh, to the Good Friday Agreement was the international support that that Ireland had. And and I think uh, in the absence of such international support, it's fair to say that there may not have ever been a Good Friday Agreement. So I think that in, in this context of continuing to protect and cherish uh, and celebrate the Good Friday Agreement, it, it, it's important that the, the, our international friends and partners, of which Canada is a very strong one, uh, I think plays its role in helping our society, I think, uh, change uh, even further.
0: And when you mentioned that, you are coming to Canada, courses, course, and you will be here uh, yeah. with the Cross Canada Irish Unity Roadshow getting underway October 17th at the University of Toronto. You're in Ottawa here on the 20th, in Kingston on the 21st, and back in Toronto on the 22nd. And I know you have a very full agenda when you're here in Ottawa that you're getting to meet the uh, members of, of all the parties, as I understand it. And uh, you'll also have opportunities to meet a variety of other organizations
1: yes uh, and I'm really looking forward to that um i i um I, I think it's important that, that that people in Canada i think hear from from myself and colleagues as to what the political situation is we We have many challenges, not least still as a result of the the fallout from from brexit. But we also have huge potential. We, we, we are an island um, that I think has world-class uh, students. We, we have um, the ability to shape and and present a new Ireland, which I think will, will be a true world leader. And the support of our Canadian friends is vital to that. So I, I'm really looking forward to, to, to coming over to Canada for, for all of the engagements that, that, that you just described.
0: And for any information that anybody wants on those, I know that uh, the details are available. I'm just going to bring it up here where you can get uh, it is at FOSFC.com is where you can get all the details and uh, tickets are available for the events. Uh, John, um, I know you're up to your eyes. As you say, you were racing <laughs> out out from uh, one meeting to another, and you're in Westminster at the moment. I appreciate that you were able to take the time to have a chat with us. And uh, I hope you've uh, that the presentation and the, the conversation you have at Queen's, first of all, uh, is uh, very rewarding and successful. And that when you get here to Canada, that uh, you have the opportunity to meet lots of um, the Irish community and uh, share the message with them.
1: Thank you so much Austin.